This is Cinema Degeneration. I'd be a god. And the misery can be stopped. I like the misery. The world could be changed. I like this world. Go to hell. Been there. between good and evil have been destroyed. A new breed of hero and a mysterious cyborg are on a mission that has sparked a battle. Take them out. That will change the future of civilization. Jean-Claude Van Damme is the first hero of the 21st century in Cyborg. Available now on video cassette. Alrighty, folks, welcome to the first edition or the first episode of the all-new Appreciation Month here at Cinema Degeneration. We are celebrating and commemorating the career and life of one Albert Pune, uh, a renegade director, writer, producer with over, I think, 56 directing credits. And so he was very prolific. He was, uh, I call him a renegade director because he, he had a specific vision with his films. And he, a lot, of, a lot of times earlier on in his career, his contributions to action and sci-fi were not very appreciated uh, because he, you know, he had a specific vision and lots of times it didn't mesh with studios. And we all know how studio <laughs> studios are a lot of studio meddling in these films and in this film we're going to be reviewing today first and foremost is probably a prime example of uh studio meddling but uh he recently passed away in november of 2022 which is when i started uh the idea behind doing a, a, a month to commemorate his career he had a long history of dealing with uh dementia for for about a decade and uh multiple sclerosis and it took his life in November of 2022. So rest in peace, Mr. Pune. And we, we miss you already and we miss your work. But enough about that, enough uh, of the, the history. We're gonna get into this first film here. Uh, we're gonna be reviewing and dissecting one of his biggest hits, Cyborg, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme from 1989. And joining me is my good buddy, Tommy K, Tom Commissar from Grindhouse Pizzeria. How we doing? We're doing great, my friend, and I appreciate you asking me to honor Albert Pune uh, and his work, and I'm very excited to talk about Cyborg today, and I thank yeah. you very much, my friend. Yeah, and now now for those listening at home, uh, I, I, I've seen this movie more times than I can count. I, I own multiple copies of it. I actually own a, a director's cut that I bought from Pune that he put out a Ooh, God, I would say several years back when I was uh, actually dealing with my first heart attack, he sent me a little care package, him and his wife, Stephanie Kiernan. And uh, 
they sent me a package. I, I bought a couple of movies from them in the past, and he had had several director's cuts because, as I had already mentioned, his films were taken away from him during the, the creative process and processes and in final edits. He didn't get final edit on a lot of his bigger films. Uh, you know, he had that happen with, uh, you know, Mean Guns. He had it happen with uh, this one, Cyborg. He had it happen with uh, Ticker and a couple others. But he sent me a director's cut that he had had that he had uh, had put together when they found the final film elements, and it was really really interesting to kind of watch this with a whole new set of eyes and with a new opening intro, opening titles. It was in black and white and had an all new soundtrack by a musician named Tony Ripperetti that he had uh, had used on multiple multiple films. But yeah, it was a great film, and but. You know, that being said, I know I've seen this multiple times. This was a first time viewing for you, wasn't it? That it, it was indeed. I've never seen this film. I, I've heard of Albert, and I've been a lot of. I'm sure I've seen, uh, you know, you know his movies at you know at some point, but I could I, I can't remember ever seeing it. If I have, it was I just I just don't remember. But I don't think I did. But I was excited because I, I know the name. I mean, I remember even seeing the poster, and I go, oh, I know, I, I've seen this movie at least. You know, I don't know seen this movie around and heard of it i said so you know when when you when you suggested i was like yeah hell yeah and you know that's why i wanted to be involved i said i definitely wanted to watch it and uh now when you say in black and white that was that was on was that whole movie that you saw that 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 director's cut the whole movie was in black and white yeah the whole movie was in black and white there was wow, two versions two versions on on the disc there was a, a, it was a flip disc where it had a movie on both sides one version was in color and the other version was the rock opera version that was in black and white wow that is cool i bet i bet that, I bet that looked really cool in black and white yeah i mean it was done from the original like you know uh you know editors tapes and stuff so it right. was a little bit you know lesser quality a little, but a little uh, rough yeah a little rough around <laughs> on the edges and some of the sound and fully work were you know, there was a lot of uh, overdubbing done by people that were obviously not uh, the actors <laughs> playing the parts, but it was still like, it's just an oddity, you know, like an, I, I'm I, a completist. If there's a different version of a film that's even two seconds oh, different, I, I won't see it. I'm the same way if I hear, if I know there's another version of a song from an artist or something or some studio demo that they did and never, you know, that never saw the light of day or, you know, for obvious reasons or whatever or something i'm like i gotta find it i gotta hear this <laughs> I, I have i happen i have to hear it you know so like i yeah i, I know i and and uh i I'm just saying when you hear you're hearing about the black and white stuff like that even i mean I, that would be that that's cool I, that's interesting i i, I enjoyed this movie I, we won't go too far to the end of the, our thing here but i mean uh, i uh I, I really enjoyed it i, I thought that uh you know, for being a relatively low, what what we would call low budget, especially back in those days. Now I'm reading here, their budget was what five hundred thousand dollars. Yes. I mean, like back then, that was nothing. Now nowadays, if somebody raised five hundred grand, you'd be like, "Wow, that's pretty." I mean, I know that's nothing in Hollywood money. You, you know, if we raised five hundred thousand today, but you know, like this, like but a, a low considered a low budget movie, that is really. You know, that's that's low, especially for something of this caliber. And you know what I mean by that? I mean, if you watch it or if you know, if anybody knows about what goes on in this movie, there's a hell of a lot going on. There's uh, a, lot sets, a lot of sets, a lot of set pieces, set, a lot of set, action. Set pieces, the fire, the, 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 you know, the pyrotechnics, the action. This is a big movie. 
made on you know what would be considered hollywood money even back then would be just pennies i mean just it really wasn't well it was shot on film too it's not like yeah digital you know the cost of the film alone i can't imagine how how yeah that's that that had to have been crazy and then you know they had a cast and lots of stuff i mean you know just i was really when the movie kicks in right from the get-go you're in it like it's just there's no you know, it's like wow, and and the whole time I was, I kept, I couldn't, I kept like, just sometimes I would stop a scene just to look at it, you know, just like like just kind of look at the whole, you know, scope of, you know, what's going on in here. They just well, like when they get to the shanty town or they get to the, you know, the pirates, the when they get to the village, you know, and they get to the settlements and stuff, you know, it's, it's just crazy the amount of uh, production value it has in just sets and and props and set design and everything it's just it's really pretty good for i mean being a post-apocalyptic thriller you you know it doesn't just look like somebody set a couple trash cans on fire and called it a day well that's just it like anybody that does these kind of movies always tip my hat to them i'm like you know you gotta just think man like if you don't have enough to think about getting a movie together you know, even a low budget, little, small little, there's, there's a lot of headaches, you know, there's a lot of stuff you got to think about. You think about these sets, you know, the locations, where you're going to put this stuff and then all the stuff, like, where do you get all this shit? These cars and, and the stuff just in the background, like you just, it looks like junk, but somebody had to bring that there. You know what I mean? Somebody, somebody, you know, set designers and that you got to just say, wow, what a great team that they had on this that just, you know, with not that much money and not much, hey, I need this, and you know, you get this blank check, you know, or you can just, you know, give it <laughs> right. You had to really like, where do they get this shit from? You know, just looking at it, you're just like, you know, even the costumes, you know, like, you know, they were just pretty cool, you know, and just everything, the weapons, the, you know, I just there was lots of fire, you know, it was yeah. like the, the lots of stuff I got going on, and I just even little things like they're walking by something, there's like they had smoke coming out of something. Yeah, you know, and it was like yeah, I was so impressed, was you know. On fire, or there was fog. There was always something going on. It wasn't just there was never anything stagnant about this movie. Yeah, I mean, it was everything just, just, just everything uh, that, that that you know. I, I'd imagine a poco a post a, a, a pop. Can't talk. Apocalyptic <laughs> world would look like you know just absolute hell. You know, yeah, and, you know, decimated by you know pirates and and you know right. rat, scavengers and you scavengers, know you know you know bandits, plague. Of, you know you know just yeah the plague the, the diseases itself and you know and just people just general meanness to one another <laughs> <laughs> you know like we'll get to like how, how people are just mean to everybody in this movie especially <laughs> the guy with the the kid in the in the the basketball right. you know right right right. So uh, yeah, so yeah. here we are, it's Cyborg man, and uh, it starts out pretty cool. I mean, the the, the basic. Uh, did you read the IBM? Uh, did IBM? Uh, oh no, you know what? IMDb. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we got to get the. Hold on a second. We'll get into the IMDb synopsis because we're talking like, yeah, we already know this movie. <laughs> here, let me let me bring up my IMDb here. Yeah, there we go. Uh, this is <laughs> this is the very shortest. The, the most short IMDb synopsis I think we've ever had here on Cinema Degeneration. All right. So this won't, won't interrupt us very much. Cyborg from 1989. A martial artist hunts a killer in a plague-infested urban dump of the future. 
Thanks for joining us today on Cinema Degeneration. <laughs> and that was the end. That, that was it. And that was Cyborg. <laughs> I feel like there's a whole hell of a lot more going on in this movie. I mean, like, that's a very brief summary of, of the movie. But, like, sometimes these IMDb synopsis just make me laugh. It's just like, oh, that doesn't sound very exciting at all. <laughs> kind of lazy. It's like, you could have you could have threw a few more lines. You could have done a paragraph on this. <laughs> So, uh, the, the funny thing is, is this movie, I got to give a one little bit of trivia about this movie. Uh, it was actually conceived using sets that they were going to do. They were going to do two movies. They were going to do Masters of the Universe, a sequel. They were going to do a sequel to the Masters of the Universe starring uh, Dolph Lundgren from 1987. And they were going to do a live action Spider-Man film long before Sam Raimi got into the picture and Sony Pictures did. But... Uh, Canon Films was like they were going quickly into the shitter. This was their last big theatrical release. It's, it was a big, you know, a big money maker for them, but it wasn't enough to get them out of the out of the can. But this was using sets and props and outfits that they were going to use for a like I'm using air quotes here that you can't see for a post-apocalyptic version of a Masters of the Universe sequel they were going to do plus Spider-Man. That was a concept, but uh, you know. Albert Pune was going to be directing both of these movies. It says that they were going to shoot simultaneously, but I'm sure it was probably going to be back-to-back because I can't imagine shooting them simultaneously. But he used two different scripts that he had in production and combined them into one movie to try to save the the pre-production that they had already had. The movies were... You're going to love this one. One was called, one was called Alex Rain, which is a character that would actually pop up in a later series of cyborg movies called nemesis as its own complete uh, series and one called johnny guitar so <laughs> i see yeah well I said, yeah so it was it was really it was it had a really weird beginning that's why i said this movie had very much of a, a troubled production but it's it's amazing with the troubled production being so this so fucked up that it came out as coherent as it did there's actually one little quick scene in there not that it has anything to do with it but guitar uh there's a scene where uh one of the characters is kind of backing up and he's you know he, he's been like some shit's about to happen and then in the storefront behind him there's like a skull i don't know if it's supposed to be a skull or somebody's skull that's supposed to be but you know there's a skull sitting there and then there's this like completely like all red electric guitar kind of leaning up in the back there and i spotted that and i was like "Ooh, what's that Did I- <laughs> Speaking of yeah, speaking of guitars, I'll let you oh. take this one because you're much more uh, educated in this stuff than I am. But yeah, there's a lot of guitar references in this or musical there, references. I, I, yeah, I had to, I got a kick out of it because it, it's so you know it's so obvious, like you know, like because they're so name brand. But um, it was really cool. I, I actually thought of I, it was I got a giggle out of it, a little bit of a chuckle. Well, that's why I picked this movie. I know originally we were going to do the movie, uh, we were going to do the movie Nights, but it became so hard to find that we couldn't lock down, both of us locked down a copy. So I was like, this this one seems even better to me to, to do to Cyborg just because of all, I, I knew going into it, I'm like, oh, like th- this is going to be up Tom's alley right here. Oh, totally. So the character, so let, we'll just do a quick, uh, just a character rundown. So our star, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, which he's amazing in this. Um, he plays only his second starring role. Only his second time he had a lead role right. after Bloodsport. Yeah, he did Bloodsport the year before this. Oh, okay, okay. okay. 
Well, he plays Gibson Rickenbacker. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, people know Gibson, the you know, famous Gibson, you know, manufacturers, you know, Les Paul, you know, Gibson, the whole deal. Uh, Rickenbacker, of course, most a lot of people know. He's re- now, Rickenbacker makes guitars as well, but you really think about the Rickenbacker 4001 bass, or, you know, like the like the bass Lemmy uses or the Getty Lee used to use Rickenbacker like pretty much exclusively. Then we got our awesome villain, uh, Vincent Klin, I guess that's pronounced. Yeah. yeah. He plays Fender Tremolo. <laughs> I love it. So we all know Fender's um, at the Fender Guitar Company, uh, you know, the famous for inventing the Fender, Leo Fender, inventing the Fender bass. But of course, the Fender Telecaster and the Fender Strat. And then the Tremolo, if you don't know what the Tremolo is, that's that whammy bar. That when you know, you can just do all kinds of cool stuff. With I that. actually knew that. I didn't know what it was. I knew what a tremolo was. I wasn't exactly sure how to use it, but you know, yeah, I mean, I'm not musically. We all know with my unique bass playing skills that I used in Hell's Bells that I don't know how to handle a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you're awesome. <laughs> you're, <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> so you. But tremolo, yeah, it's real anyway, quick. It, it's just a, on the bridge where the strings go through. There's a, a little whammy bar that screws in. That's what you use to kind of make the you know, and you can buy in the back of the guitar. There's a set of springs, and so you you bend down on it. It makes the guitar like you know the strings go and they lift up with that, and then the springs bring it back in attention. Now the old styles they were famously would go out of tune since. Floyd Rose and Eddie Van Halen, uh, you know, and the locking tremolo units, uh, you know, they, they've they've conquered that. But uh, anyway, that's what the tremolo is. Now we've got Dale Haddon plays Pearl Prophet, and Pearl, of course, is the Pearl drums. The Prophet is, was a famous synthesizer. I don't know if they still make those, but it was a Prophet Five synthesizer. And then we had another one I love. Alex Daniels has Marshall Strat. <laughs> Strat, of course, is, is short for Stratocaster, and Marshall, of course, is those famous. Uh, uh, they're actually started by Jim Marshall, those famous British um, uh, amplifiers that uh, that uh, the world took over the world, and everybody's used them from then, and from Hendrix to everybody else ever since. Um, and then you've got. Um, now there was one in here I, I wasn't aware of, and I kind of I just learned recently uh, the character Nady Simmons. Uh, back then there was a I don't know if they're still around or not, but there was Nady System Systems Incorporated, and that was for the Simmons electric drums. Now, uh, so that's that was something I just recently learned. I wasn't that familiar with them, but all the other stuff I was pretty familiar, and I I got a kick out of all that. All that guitar stuff and you know the the reference to all these musical things. It was fun. I, I got it. I thought it was funny. I, I got a kick out of that. You know, using because in the movie, like you know, you know, you know, you know got to watch out for Fender. You know, Fender's coming or whatever. You know, and it was the villain, which was a very cool villain. You know, and then and then he called. Oh, he was very iconic. Like his voice and his his stature. He's so imposing. He makes like yeah. Van Damme, who's a very muscular dude, and you know still is. But back then he was ripped. This guy just made you know Van Damme look like a, like like a I little like, person. He was just like ooh. I, I liked how they did uh, the Fender character, where he had the the big glasses, the sunglasses on all the time, the big wraparounds. 
and you never saw his eyes, but when you did see him, he pulled him off, and there he had like blue contacts, and they were looked like it was very demonic. He was like, "Whoa, this guy's scary," and his teeth were all fucked up. It was he was very yeah, a lot of bad teeth in this movie. A lot of bad teeth, but yeah, lots of characters had bad teeth, but he was very uh very effective. He looked very evil and scary, and you know and these guys are he was really built like you know like Jean Claude Van Damme, man, just these big Hulk and muscle bound beefcakes, you know, just like all. You know, ready to kick your ass if you fucking looked at them wrong. And then they, so they look, they, if that's what they wanted, that's what they got. Cause these guys were definitely a bunch of badass looking dudes. Lots of, lots of martial arts. And um, one thing I thought was funny, just real quick uh, his glasses, there's, you know, uh, these apocalyptic movies, you know, there's lots of everything's dirty and sand and grit and all kinds. Of, it's always everybody's just kind of filthy looking. His yeah, it looks like everything is sticky, sweaty, dusty, and like would smell really, really bad. Right. Well, I got a <laughs> kick. I got a kick out of him, uh, uh, Fender, because his glasses were always dirty the whole time. I kept thinking, like, I kept seeing, like, God, will you ever take those off and clean them? You know, like. <laughs> but I, I got a kick out of it when they do a flashback when he's younger. I, I loved it because they show, like, not only show him younger, and they show his hair kind of like grown out a little bit, like it's a little longer, like. Like, yeah, I'm not kept back or anything. And then uh, so he looks younger, of course, but then the glasses were clean. So that was a way that was the thing like back here when he was younger yeah. and his glasses were clean. <laughs> yeah. Many, many moons ago when the, the right. apocalypse was just uh, in its infancy, I guess. Right. Before he got older and the glasses got older with him with the dirt. But, <laughs> but that was I, I love his outfit. I love Fender's outfit oh, like that. I big. think in the whole movie, I, they had that kind of. What do they call it? The, the, the chain, the, the mail? Yeah, yeah. He would wear like the chain mail vest over that poofy pirate shirt with the big yeah, broad looked, shoulder pads. Yeah, it was badass. He was a great villain. I mean, the villains really make these movies to me. That you know what, though? You never hear his voice once in that movie. No, yeah. it definitely sounded like a du- overdub. Yeah, it was an overdub because they uh, the producers did not like his voice and they had it completely overdubbed to be more menacing, which I feel works because like Vincent Clint is, is an you know he's an all right actor, he's good, but like his voice does not match the the look of the character. So I I mean it, while it might not have been good for him and and, and his work, but like that th- that was the right decision to make. And it was the right decision to make to overdub because like the. The, the voice actor, I don't know who they got to play. I couldn't find information on the name of the actor who uh, did his uh, overdub. But yeah, it's worth it, it's it's worthy. It's worthy. It, I figured that. I didn't know that for sure. But hearing it, I go, well, that's got to be either they altered his voice or something because that's not he don't talk like that. Yeah. And, uh, but I yeah, I thought it worked. It, it gave it that menacing. You know, it, it sounded like a monster, a bad guy. You know, it sounded like it sounded like everything that he was. That his voice matched it. So that was a good. Yeah, I agree. A good decision. Uh, but basically, this is your kind of typical like plot for a post-apocalyptic movie where you've got a small group of people that need to get somewhere and there's always a uh, talk of you know a cure or something there's a reason they have to get to some city in this one there yeah. they have to get to atlanta yeah they got to get to atlanta for to because the, the the cyborg which you would think the way is it, the title is and the way the cover looks that Van Damme would be the cyborg. And that was actually part of the confusion, I guess, with uh, some people when this was first released. But it's actually Pearl Prophet that's the, actually the, the cyborg because she's coming back. They 
have uh, Strat, the guy Marshall Strat is supposed to take her from New York to uh, from Atlanta to New York and then back. Right. He, he gets her to New York, but he doesn't get he doesn't get her very much further than that. Because I love the part in the flashback. You know, we're jumping around a little bit here, but like when Marshall uh, Strat says to her, he's like, "Don't worry, I'll get you back. Get you to from New York to Atlanta and back. No problem. You'll be fine." And I'm like, "Oh, really? Will you though? Are you going to be? I don't think so." Right, and the way he says it's like, nah, no, you're not. <laughs> Even if yeah. you had to read it, like, you're a red shirt. You're you are a right. typical red shirt. Right, this ain't gonna go be. This isn't gonna be good. I thought that too. Uh, I, I actually kind of thought that uh, because I hadn't seen the movie, uh, and I thought that Banyan might be the cyborg, or the cyborg might be a bad guy. I wasn't sure, but then that at that first scene when she when uh, when Pearl Prophet looks at him. And then her eyes scan him. I'm talking about uh, Gibbs. Yeah, Gibson. Van, yeah, Van Dam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when it, and it scans like, oh, okay, so she's the cyborg. And uh, so you know, and then right then it's okay. Well, I got it. You know. So, but other than that, the only thing I would say about this, the cyborg, I love the cyborg scenes in this. Uh, when they do show it, I, I don't think there's enough of them. I'm sure they film more. But there's like I, I just wish I could have seen like there's yeah. a scene like the scene uh, well when when she takes her the her like wig off it's supposed to be a wig and of course it's just a way for her to show you know now we're seeing the back of the cyborg's head and just the, yeah it's, it's got kind of like the RoboCop look like from the front yeah. of her head and the, her face is human but like when you take it take the wig off it's like the back half is all cybernetic and it's it's got like an exposed brain with you know the the dome over it little moving yeah. parts that you can tell it's done like with stop motion but it's, yeah it is but that's what that to me i, I think that's i like i like it even more because of that because of course, yeah me know, too me too i miss those stop motion they, days yeah i mean obviously nowadays they just do it on the computer no big deal and it looks mad it looks real this did have that kind of stop motion look and even with the eyes and stuff. And I was like, and you know, in the face when they're showing her, you know, rope, rope, you know, her cyber human face, obviously it's not her face, but you know, the eyes are a little, one's a little too big and stuff like that. But I mean, it's a great, it looks killer. Like, you know, I, I was like, you know, that, Hey, for 1989, cool. it was top notch. You yeah. Know. That was fucking cool. And like, you know, it's like that stuff like in Terminator, you know, just the shit, you know, like it's like, you know, the, you know, and I think, but like oh, like that scene too, where they're showing uh, like another flashback, and they're showing her, and they're she's they're they're working on her, and they pull her like her eye comes out, and like it I kinda, love that eye shot when it kind of comes up and it's got the little fiber opti- optic right. lines hanging from it. It's really great looking, but you know maybe yeah. they didn't have enough money to film more scenes, or they maybe they cut more of it out. But I would have liked to have seen more. Of that this is one of the only negatives I got about this movie. Yeah, because. Because the actual, like the eye itself, it didn't just come out. It comes out and then it separates in like sections. And then like another piece comes up and then another top piece comes out. And so you got this like fully like elongated eyeball, like it's in sections, but it's got the cyber, the fiber optic stuff in between it. And I was like, holy shit, that's, that's cool. And yeah, I, yeah. More of it, you know, you know, so I get it. Like maybe they, you know, but I'm sure they film more. But, you know, I was just like, man, I would love to send more of that cyborg. Like, just any reason to have her take her head apart or to see something. I was really impressed with that, with the robotics, whatever they did, that the the team that put that together, the special effects team, that was really 
That was really mm-hmm. top notch, top shelf. And I'm not, I'm not just saying even for that time, of course. I'm talking about now. Like I would like if I saw it in a movie now that was made now, I'd be like, oh hell yeah. You yeah. Know? I'd be like way into that. I, I just, yeah, I totally, love, totally. I mean, if I, you know, if I was involved in a movie that somebody was making something that looked like that, and I, hey, check this out, you know. And, you know, they hit a remote, you know, and you see little gears and cogs moving and all kind of little mechanics. I'd be like, I'd be like, how the hell did you do that? That'd be very exciting. To, That's why you make the big bucks, man, you know? Right, <laughs> right, right. But I, I do love uh, getting back to the story part of this. I love the fact that it opens up with a with a narration that is very non-typical of these kind of movies because usually the narration is by the hero. No, this movie's opening narration is from the fucking villain, you know, talking about, I love the misery. I love the pain. I don't want to change this world. I love this world. I love the misery. And it's just like, Whoa, this is the kind of movie that we're in for. Dude. What I loved about that too, because not having not seen it, you know, when that kicked in, when I kicked in, that just, that hooked me. Like right off the bat, dude, I was like, "Oh, oh, fuck yeah!" Like that made me really like excited. Like, oh, this is just the sound, the voice, just the way, just the just the dialogue. You know that, that mm-hmm. was great. It was really cool. It was a great way to open a movie. 100%. But yeah, that opening shot too, that matte painting, you know, of New York City and you know the future is now and everything and it gives you that opening shot and then boom it just starts off right into the action with the, with you know Strat and Pearl just pretty much exploding out of that door and, and like with Bender's team you know and his crew just in hot pursuit it's like you know they, they waste no time they give you a little bit of you know 30 second narration and then it's like boom action time yeah that's what I liked about it I mean it was no there's no big no lollygagging. I mean, it's just like, okay, this is the kind of this what this is the movie you want to see. Well, here it is. You know, we're gonna give it to you. And uh, and uh, I, I do like the way it started. That, that nice little setup, like, oh, okay, yeah, that matte that matte painting of that that opening shot. There's something like, I love about a good matte painting. I know they're like not really used these days. They just do everything green screen and CGI. But there's something I love about the artistry of a good matte painting. And damn, if that isn't like it, it's a top notch one. Anytime I see stuff like that, I go, God, I just wish I had a ton of money. And like you get somebody to like re like either duplicate that or paint your own, like paint it on a wall somewhere down like in your workroom or something. Like have one yeah. wall like the matte painting like that. Like something really cool you could just look at. It that took up like the whole wall. Like if yeah, right, right. across the room. You know, just big matte, you know, painting on the wall. It is gorgeous. It's fun just yeah. to look. You know, it's it's beautiful. It really is. It's, it's like I don't know you you miss that stuff. You know, you, and you can understand. You know, with technology changing, but you just think the artistry. It's quicker. It's it's you know, it might be expensive, but it's got to be cheaper and less time consuming than right. going through that process. But there's something I miss about the yeah the artistry. Yeah, the artistry of it. The craftsmanship that 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 these people you know had to do this stuff to make it, and it's not just paint. Like it had to be, it had to look like you're looking at a real city. It had to look really good, and and it, and it's, it did. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> that opening when I showed that, you know, you know what it is. It's a matte painting, but it's like holy shit, this looks. It's great. impressive. 
It's impressive. Yeah, I had to pause it. You know, I just wanted to look at it for a second. I was like, that's fast. And if you notice, there's things moving around on it. You know, the water and the waves yeah. move. There's little, like, cockroaches and, and, and rats moving around. It, it's really pretty impressive. Yeah. That's probably one of the most expensive shots. That and the opening shot of the ruined city of, of Atlanta was probably the other most expensive shot of the oh, movie, I bet. I bet, yeah. It was good. But, uh, so but anyway, yeah, back to the movie. <laughs> so basically, they get going. I mean, they got a, you know, he, uh, uh, Pearl hooks up with, uh, right, pretty much right off the bat, uh, uh, um, Gibbs. Yeah, Gibbs. yeah. And Van Damme is introduced with a fucking kick. Like, after they, like, because Strat tells her to run, he's going to, you know, he even tells her, find a slinger. You know, like to get you out of this, out of the city into Atlanta. I'll hold them off, and he doesn't last long. He he lasts about another thirty seconds. But right. like, you know, Van Dam is introduced. Like, you don't even know he's even in the picture. All of a sudden, like one of the thugs, Fender's thugs, is running, and a leg just comes out of nowhere, out of this doorway, and just kicks this motherfucker in the head and knocks him out. And it's like, yep, Van Dam doing what he does best. Do you know, right. kicking people in the face. Let's do it right. Let's, let's, yeah, this is what he does, so let's do it. <laughs> right, right. But I love the over-exaggerated Foley, the Foley work and the sound work of, like, the kicks. It's like every kick sounds like somebody's skull is being exploded. Oh, yeah, it just sounds like it was, you know, just something, it's just bang, you know. It's like, but, you know, and that, it's just, you know, that's right, right away. You're like, oh, you know, if you like this stuff, you're, like, right there, you know, like, you're like a little kid. Right. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> So that chop schlocky stuff, man. Gotta love it. Right. right. You know, and uh fuck, it's that's why we like these kind of movies. And I'm sure they, they delivered. Yeah, it doesn't so, but it doesn't take long for Pearl to enlist uh Oak Gibbs help to get to Atlanta with because uh, she even lays it down for him pretty early on the exposition one oh one where he's like, We got a cure for the plague, got the last team of doctors, I got information, you know, I gotta get you know, gotta get this information back to stop the plague. Right. So yeah, yeah, but he doesn't. He's like a reluctant hero. He doesn't really care about the plague. He doesn't really care about you know her cause or anything. He just wants Fender because they. You know, we'll get into this in a little bit, but they they got a history. Right, and and you know he's he's <clears throat> like you said, kind of the reluctant hero. Like it's almost like, hey, that's your thing. You know, almost like he didn't say that, but you know what I mean. It's like you deal with that. Like I I got shit. I got something I got to do. You know, I got you know like you know. You know, it's not like, yeah, okay, I'll, 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 you know, I'll jump in on this, you know, because then, because right away, what they do is, they do go into a little bit of a, uh, it's, it's good when they, they, they use the flashback things really good in this, because they don't feed you too much. Like she set it up with, okay, what is she, what she's got to do, which is the movie, what, what we're doing here. She's yeah. Do she's got to get to Atlanta with this info to stop this plague. So that, that's the movie. But you know, you got his movie. You know, like what's going on here? Like, no, nah, I got, you know, I got to deal. I'm gonna take care of Fender. Fuck this, you know. Yeah, yeah. Fender <laughs> just happens to be involved. You know, it just is. You know what I mean? That you've got the. Well, you get the feeling as we get into it later on. You know, like Gibson has been after Fender for years. Right. Yeah, you know, and he's just on on his trail, and it just happened to catch up with him at the the time that this, you know beautiful android is coming back with the cure for the plague, you know, and it's just like, you know. Met and there we are, you know, we met in time, you know, at the right spot, and here we is, but, you know, I still got, you know, I, you know, I, I, I you know, I'm still going to get this motherfucker for what he did, and then they do show a little bit, 
of it's kind of at first you see him and they it's him younger and he's got longer hair the way they do it it's kind of you could tell that because he's got short hair and then you see the flashback right away you know something's going on oh what's this and he's and obviously he has a wig on but he's got long hair and he's younger it's not a bad wig but you, well, you can, cool. yeah. but yeah, that, yeah. when i first thought i didn't get it for two seconds oh we're in a flashback all right i get it he's younger <laughs> there's a lot of flashbacks but they right. reveal everything very little very little snippets, you know, at a time yeah, until we just, get to those long flashbacks in the middle. Right. You 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 get the <clears throat> you get just enough to like, okay, now it's you know, okay, like okay, he's got some there's more than he's just wandering around. You know, he's there's he's got he's got a mission he's on. And then you see the little thing with the, the lady and her two little kids and you've got the uh you got a boy and a and a young girl and mom and he's he's watching out for them. Uh, and, uh, so, well, I'll let you go ahead and take it. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, well, with the flashbacks, we'll kind of talk about the flashbacks in a little bit of detail. Cause like I said, we don't have to cover everything in in a linear fashion. Cause as the flashbacks slowly reveal is the character of Mary, you know, uh, hire slingers, which are basically this like post-apocalyptic versions of modern day gunslingers, you know, but, but they're there to help escort people that are, you know, just normal citizens and normal people trying to get from one place to another, getting them in and out of places that, you know, because there's these pirates everywhere that like like Fender and his crew, they're they're everywhere. You know, they're scavengers, they're raiders, they're, you know, and things like that. But, you know, so he's trying to get her from one place to another to this farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in the country because the pirates had killed her father. So she was alone, you know, with her like little, I think the ba- the the two children were supposed to be I don't know if they were actually supposed to be little brothers and sisters of hers or if they were her children. I don't know. I I never quite understood that, but I I always thought of it that they were her younger siblings. So he, you know, transports them gibbs does van damme does to this farmhouse in the middle of you know the, the country and she kind of convinces him to hang up his you know instead of hanging up his guns they call it hanging up the knives so he hangs up his knives and kind of like you know leaves that life behind and has a life with the family but then fender comes along and kills you know pretty much everybody and, and tortures them and oh god the i don't know if we should get into that part quite yet but uh one of the well, yeah, we'll just go ahead and get into it. We're we're, we're ruining everything for you folks. We're we're <laughs> this is a spoiler show. It always has been and always will be because we can't talk about these movies without spoiling them. Exactly. But you know, he wraps them all up in in barbed wire yeah. and has them hanging where they're in a well, and he hands it the the barbed wire with the you know the team is his crew is holding the barbed wire and hands it to the little girl who looks like she's like maybe eight ten years old right. and he tells her like here we go you know here's your mother or here's your older sister your baby brother and and gibbs all wrapped up in barbed wire now if you can hold on to this barbed wire they'll live if you don't they're gonna fall down in the well and they're gonna die so he lets go and there's that scene where the barbed wire rips through her hands and it's just tearing out chunks of meat and they you know, and of course, everybody, but, you know, hey, spoiler alert, Van Damme's in this movie, so he doesn't die, <laughs> obviously. You know, uh, and, you know, they all fall down, and that's why his body is covered in all these scars. And, but, like, then it's, you know, flashes forward all these years. This girl now, I think, is just 
been kidnapped and has been kind of, it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome. She has been become part of Fender's crew and she's almost a, a mute until the end of the, you know, right. the end of the movie, you know, where she, she only has this poor girl, her name's Haley. Uh, the actress's name was also Haley. I think, uh, let's see, Haley Peterson was her name. It was the first movie and only movie she ever did. Oh, wow. I, I found no other information out about her. Uh, but it was her first and only movie. But, you know, she only has, like, one line. She's or what, two lines of dialogue. She says, stop it. Stop it, please. And that's the only line she has in the entire movie. Yeah, now this is, and she's an older version of, like, the young girl. So she's, like, a teenager or maybe early 20s. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Yeah, but, I, I kind of figured that ten years had passed. Right, I was just throwing. I'm the, I, I have no context to even base that upon, but just by the age difference and the aging of like Van Damme's character, I, I figured it, it, you know it was ten years had roughly passed. Yeah, they did a cool. Speaking of flashbacks, they did a cool thing with uh, that. That kind of gave us a little foreshadowing um, uh, to the uh, to the uh, barbed wire, where they just show real quick a little quick clip of the little girl holding on to you don't know what she's holding up yet until the other flashback that you just mentioned they do a quick clip where she's holding on to the and the barbed wire is like cutting into her hands and her hands oh, are all it's cutting. gruesome i mean it's like oh what is that you know like what the Make, makes you ass pucker just a little bit doesn't it yeah it's just like oh you know like what is like you know like it's gonna like whatever's gonna we're about to see it's not. It's going to be really horrible. It's, yeah, this uh, is the real no, shit. This is the real shit. Yeah, like, like it, it makes you anxious. Like, oh man, this is like you know we're getting set up to uh, like a setup to show the you know foreshadowing. Obviously, the what's going to happen, but it's like this is not going to be good. This is, this is going to be bad. <laughs> and this guy Fender is going to be as as fucked up as we thought he was going to be. And. Uh, <clears throat> Well, that, before that, even that, you know how fucked up he is because he fucking decapitates Strat. Right. Yeah, yeah, and he tells him straight up, he's like, if you don't, uh, you know, do what I tell you, I'll give you the horror show. And then uh, it's what he says to Pearl, and then he holds up Strat's head, and he's like, yep, his kappa was detated. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had, uh, we have two, um, uh, uh, we, that he, earlier with that first kind of battle scene is where he came across Deborah Richter who plays Nady Simmons. And, yeah. uh, that's the one that's kind of, you kind of think is going to be his girlfriend or something in the thing. Like he, he saves her. She like was going to do, she was going to like, I think originally was, that was what he thought she, he was going to, she was going to attack him. And he, and he, he, he like threw that, Whatever that was, and then it, like it knocked yeah. her out, and then he's just like, "Oh, like I think he probably thought it was one of Fender's right. pirate buddies." He's just like one of the, you know, just some somebody wandering around. But uh, and then he, he got a cool scene where they're kind of like in these little structures where they're hiding, and he's got a little fire going, and he's kind of nursing her back to health. And then that's when they, they that's when you get the first real detailed flashback of. Into, into you know what's happening you, like i said it's, it's all a very disorienting this flashbacks until there's until it's finally sh you know instead of just being shown in brief flashes but you know you start getting more and more you get more and more of the picture i guess is they give you enough information to kind of whet your appetite and kind of pique your interest oh okay but they don't show too much at once and they kind of let you think well what is that and then and then you see a little bit more like uh, and then you the you know the puzzles the pieces of the puzzles start falling into place 
and you know and you know i mean it's not hard to figure out you know obviously you know what's gonna but it's it's still when you start to see what's happening as, as the story unfolds it's like they did a good job of the way they edit the edits are in that and it's it, it sets the story up really good and it tells it really nice yeah and uh, so we've got basically now we've got a lot of uh we've got a lot of you know the the you know a lot of walking scenes a lot of stuff you know going through to little towns and little stuff and yeah, little uh, settlements, and but it seems like every settlement they get to has been burned out or like pirated by you know, right? Vince Clint and his gang. They do have a cool. They do have a, some cool scenes where they're showing uh, uh, by the waterway where he's got his own like a like a pirate ship. It's you know it's not like a pirate ship like you know like you think of a pirate ship, but it is a pirate. It's a ship. It's not really big, but I don't really I don't know what classification it would be, but. He's got, uh, you know, um, Fender and his gang are kind of, you know, going along the coastline, you know, and then, uh, like, they, that's that's how they travel to like wherever the, you know, the next stop of their of their their search and, you know, the well, they're, they're supposed to be taking the boat to the to Charleston and then from Charleston, they're going from Charleston to Atlanta on foot. There I, is a bit of trivia here with that boat. When, when he gets to the little shanty town or the little settlement and he steals the boat and they're killing everybody, they're like, they're always crucifying people. There's people crucified all over this movie. Yeah. Yeah, there is. A lot, a lot of, of weird visual, visual imagery that way. But Fender says to the guy, he's like, what are we supposed to do, asshole? Like, swim all the way to Atlanta? I can't. I hate the water. The funny right. thing is because Vince Clinton was a professional award-winning surfer. Ah, <laughs> that's cool. Who, who he was also in the movie uh, Point Break with Keanu Reeves and uh, Patrick Swayze as a surfer. That was one of the reasons why he got hired because he could surf. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but yeah, okay. it was a little bit of ironic, kind of poking, like, yeah, yeah, I'm afraid of the water. I can't, or not afraid of the water, but I don't like the water. I can't swim, and it's just like, yeah, but this guy was a professional surfer, so right. I think that was kind of like an in joke. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Like, <laughs> ah, right. <laughs> That's good. We're... Well, Gibbs Gibbs is uh, you know he met with uh, Nady Simmons played by De- Deborah Richter. They're on the way. She's kind of given her she gives her story where she was part of the last settlement that Fender had killed, but she hid, and she was you know survive you know she survived. So they're on the way, and uh, you know it just seems like when they get to this point that it's just a lot of walking. And right. you know, it's it's, it's a, I call this the the Lord of the Rings segment of the movie, right? <laughs> but you know, like there's a there's an argument here that takes place when you know, uh, Nady, you know, uh, tells Gibbs that she you knows she overheard that you know the what the cyborg Pearl had in her, in her you know her hard drive is that she had the information for a cure to the plague, and he just and Gibbs is. Very, I guess, for lack of a better term, apathetic about it. He doesn't right. care, and he's like, "I don't care." She's like, "Don't you care about it?" And he's like, "No." He's like, "What do you care about, Fender?" And she's just kind of like, "Well, huh? I guess you know, a man with the fucking, uh, you know, he has a purpose, you know, I guess." But you know, you can't blame him for being apathetic because he's just—he's a lost soul, you know. He—he's watched, you know, the the one person he cared about and you know this little boy get killed you know pretty much wrapped together you know like they were all wrapped around together in this barbed wire so like he died 
hugging them, you know, like, and there's right. that, that one shot at the end where you see Mary and the boy down at the bottom of the well, just lacerated and dead. And then it's just horrifying. It's, it's, it's horrifying. It, it, it does have that element of the gunslinger, the Western thing with his character. It's like, it's like that thing when you find out what's driving this guy, like in the Western and you finally see him move the, remove the scarf away off his neck and he's got a big scar where his neck was either slit or snapped, you know, like, you know, by a, by a, by a rope. And he's been looking for the guy who tried to kill him and hung him or something, you know, years ago. So that's like, it's that thing, you know, it's like, he's got, yeah, this, it's a very uh, Django kind of thing. Yeah. It's got this on one thing. It. Like I got to do, you know, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. I got to kill this motherfucker. You know, I'm going to make him pay for what he did. And, and it's, you know, so I like that. I mean, it's definitely got that. Yeah, it's very much a, a post-apocalyptic science fiction, martial arts version of a Western. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think at this point they get to the, uh, they never name what this little town or this, I just call it the shanty town where he's talking to the barfly. And he gives them the, he gets some information from Gibbs does from the, he has to lower down on where Fender is going. He's been leaving a trail to destruction to say, hey, he just came through here. He got some water and he, you know, he, he head on down the river. But I, I do love the bit. I wrote this dialogue down because I thought it was really neat. When the bar plays this, he's like, everybody has to have hope. He's like, make sure you put your knives back on for the right reasons, son. That, and I just thought that was a great line. That was the, yeah, I was going to say that. That's the scene. That was the coolest line in the, one of them in the movie. I think when he says that, when he goes, you, you got to have your knives on for the right reason or whatever. That, oh, that was like, that, that was like a a scene stopper line that was really good because that uh, that sums yeah. it up everything you know like oh yeah. yeah it makes it think it makes it think right but the, and then there's the, the the little offshoot scene that i, I kind of like but it's kind of out of place in, in the movie when the the one thug there's a little boy who looks like he's about seven or eight bouncing a ball yeah. like a dodgeball and the guy takes it and starts bouncing it and bouncing it and bandam grabs it midair and he's like hey i don't think this belongs to you and then he uses the ball to knock the guy out yeah because the they, guy the guy looks like a real scumwad, man. He's just like, oh, Jesus. And he kind of, he just snacks, you know, he just takes it away. And you're like, oh, fuck you. You know, he just takes it away from the kid. And he's just, he's just going to walk away at the kid's ball. I just love that. Like, it was yeah. such a pretty cool scene. Like, you'd like to see a guy like that get his ass kicked. Like, you know, a guy like that needs his ass kicked. Like, you know, because he wasn't going to give it back. He's walking off and that kid. Oh, stand. no, no. And he just grabs the thing and, and Van Damme gives him that. Fuck yeah, I love it when he bounces him and hits him in the head. I, like, I actually laughed out loud. Because <laughs> you know, right. he does it in the most Van Damme way possible. He does a hi -ya! You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right. Just boink. You know, like just hits him with a ball. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, so see, slingers are nice guys. They help get their balls back from jerks. Right. But that's what a cool, like a uh, dark uh you know not so good guy good guy you know would do like you know like a like a like a gunslinger kind of guy like you know a guy come in and he's kind of you know nobody really knows what's up and he does something really cool for a kid like yeah you know you know he didn't say this but it's like you don't fuck with a kid you shithead you know like leave the little kid alone ain't bad enough in the apocalypse here i got you want to fuck with him fuck with me it was just classic and so so now we're doing, we're back with the walk-ins. That town actually is pretty cool. I like the way it's lit. A lot of blue, a lot of, a lot of blue lighting and reds and stuff. And it's got the, the fire and smoke. Yeah, bonfires and smoke. And yeah. But it looked like a cool town. Like it would be a bunch of rough ass motherfuckers just getting drunk in there. And 
you know. Yeah, I wanted to see more of that kind of thing, more of the town, but you know, I realized why because they had to keep moving. They had to keep moving to, to right, to, you know, to get to Fender, you know, and Pearl. But I wish they could have like, you know, they could have excised a little bit of the walking and had maybe another little adventure in the city. But you know, right. it was okay. It was okay. I understand why they had to do it. Yeah. I, the next I, note I, I have though, it was, it was like that would be like a lot of like a pirate town would be. You know, yeah. it would be just like you know all those rough characters, you know, doing all kinds of shit. It's very definitely was could have been but yeah you know and they may have filmed stuff and you know it's not going to be a four-hour movie so you know they had to you know take shit out but this is cool this is another thing this next scene where they they kind of go into this looks like bombed out building there's a lot of cool this is a good setup for action scenes and stuff but it's it's nady uh and um, they, they go into this thing and and i think doesn't he tell her to stay or something and she yeah this is to stay because the next note i had of what i was going to say earlier was uh never split up right and yeah. this is a good scene because this is a lot of first of all it's a really cool like location obviously this was a real building somewhere that was all just destroyed from wherever they did it and then you know there's all these scumbags there all waiting for them just a bunch of you know you know bandit bandits you know whatever. yeah not really the word for it, but you know what I mean? They're just renegades. I just keep calling them pirates. That's what, pirates. That's what they are. You know, yeah. they're hanging out. And well, so the sign all... that they run into before they, they get to this building is the signs that says wasteland this direction, Charleston right. this direction, yeah. and yeah. temptation. Wasteland, temptation, or Charleston. It's just like, right. it right. sounds like either way you're going to make a bad choice. And, uh, but this is some good. This is really good fight scening here. I mean, uh, Van Damme you know, does what he's doing. He's you know knives here, sticks there. You know, somebody getting stabbed, somebody getting slashed, lots of kicks. Yeah, you know, this, this is where we get our first jump spin crescent kick that he yeah. became. You know, between that and his infamous splits. I mean, he. Uh, I mean, this is fun stuff. I would, I would, I would love to fucking. You know, so I mean, even watching stuff, I guess, getting filmed, just the just the choreography and that and all that. And, and it's just, you know, uh, well, the like sets even, in the production design, you know, I, I just wonder how much they had to do to this this bombed out looking area to to dress it up because it looked like it was like legit. Right. Like post apocalypse. I like the spray painting was pretty cool on the wall in the background. You know, they got all kinds of shit. You know, I'm sure maybe some of that was already there. Who knows? And they or they had somebody, the guys going there and set. They spent a shit ton of money on smoke bombs and they had to kill them all. They had kill them all painted there. I don't know if maybe somebody was a was a Metallica fan because that. Oh, I'm sure. I'm a, sure. Uh, uh, you know, somebody there was a kill them all painted on the. Well, most of this was filmed in. Uh, I'm going to say most of this was filmed in the Carolinas, or it was filmed in in and around Tucson, Arizona. Right. So it. But so this is this is classic shit. I mean, you know, he he fucks these dudes up. He gets some information. He pulls out. He's got some dude's wallet. It's got some pictures and shit in it. And uh, so he and uh, then basically we're back to. Well, I don't know what we exactly learned here, other than she kicked these motherfuckers' asses. Uh, but uh, then well, we that na- we we learned one thing. But this is the first thing we learned is that Nady gets knocked out very easily. Ah. <laughs> Because she gets knocked out like three or four times in this movie yeah, and spends a does, lot of the movie knocked out, KO'd. Yeah, she does get KO'd a lot. She's a badass. She's a badass in her own right, but like she I like she her. can't take a punch very well. She I can like, fight. I liked her character I, when at first, you know, and then when they're kind of hanging out and 
you know, then they hook up a little bit and stuff like that. And there, there's cool, some cool beach scenes here, you know, and, uh, and, uh, yeah. Cause it doesn't, uh, Fender say, or not Fender, but Gibson says like, yeah, Fender will pass through here tomorrow. We'll be waiting for him. She's like, oh, so we're stopping. She's, he's like, yeah, it's like, well, good. I'm going to take a bath. So she just strips down and runs it into the, the waters to wash up. And I actually, I actually kind of like, I, because you think they're going to stop and frolic in the water, you know. Right. But, like, you know, she tries to come on to him. She's like, ooh, you got a lot of scars. I like scars. And she drops the, the towel she's got around her. Yeah, like at night when they're sitting around the campfire, they didn't show anything. They showed her running into the water. And then they show her, like, yeah, sitting around the campfire, and he obviously was out of the water, and he's wrapped up, like, you know, he's obviously he's naked under the whatever he, the blanket he's got, and they, you know, he sits down next to her, and you think this is going to be a real obviously, like, you know, yeah, sex scene, yeah, right. I, I know what you're going to say. That was cool. And she kind of lowers her top, and he you know, he reaches over. You think, oh, here's the they're going to start kissing and roll around. No, nope, he... but I thought it was cool. He kind of lifts it back up and. Kind of puts the blanket around her and covers her up and i was like it doesn't say a word he just looks at her and just says like no we're not doing this like he doesn't buy into the let's fuck trope which is a refreshing change in movies like this yeah. uh, van damme actually says a lot in this scene without having to use any words you know and it's just like you know like you mean a lot to me and he even says to her he's like i don't want to see you die she's like well i don't want to see you die either and it's like and they ha they have that understanding, you know. She do she doesn't try to come on to him again. He never tries to come on to her. They just they're they're like partners in this thing, as opposed to lovers, you know. And, yeah. and I, I just kind of appreciate that they they made you think they're going to go into that trope, and I then would, they just completely make a left turn. Right, like okay, there's two sides of me. Like and it would have been fine, yeah. You want to show a sex scene, okay, or you know, implied sex, and you know, yeah, rolling around, okay, cool. But I like where they went with it. I was the same way with you on that. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Like that's a, it's a refreshing change. Like I, I, I wouldn't have minded it either way. But it was just like, yeah, just just different. It was different. I was yeah, it was different, and and it worked really good for his character. And it was even like, oh man, this guy is like, you know, he's noble. You know, like like it wasn't just like okay, I got I can get this girl. You know, it's it like no, we're, we don't need to go here. You know? And like I'm I'm gonna protect you. You know, it was just kind of cool. It was just, you know, uh, we do go into a flashback when he's sleeping. Uh, this is when he's kissing Mary and they're and they are going to be making love. And, and they don't even really show that that much. It's just more like like a little that, bit of kissing. Like they're laying down and then that's it. And then you see him like later on, obviously, that night they're in the blanket. But this is a good scene where they in the back in the window. It's really creepy. Uh, Fender, this is younger Fender. And two of his creeps are just sitting there in the window watching them sleep. So, you know, and then and then it's like, oh. And that's what I think was the first time we really get to see a younger Fender without his chain mail and that big, hey, like, uh, that, fur, furry I, coat that they put over. The glasses, though the glasses are clean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like the, and we get his new uh, sparkly shades. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, so he's younger then. His glasses are clean. And, uh, and uh, but it, it but it then of course it's a nightmare so you know, flashback nightmare where you know and then obviously Gibbs you know snaps to attention and he's like you know uh, uh, you know the you know the nightmare that keeps haunting him and then of course that's yeah. a little more more information for us like oh okay 
we know what keeps uh, Gibson up at night, house. and it ain't coffee. That ha- right, that house they were hiding it. Obviously, they've been discovered by Fender, so he's you know, so you know, it, it's now you know we know like oh shit, you know that that house they you know we know it's gonna happen. Yeah, they they but, were not safe. It's pretty cool. They show like uh, Gibbs said. Uh, they they have a scene where he's on the beach now a little later on that morning, and he's looking out uh, from his binoculars, and Nady's next to him, and we see that ship, and he's going along the coastline, and then we get inside the ship, and we see kind of see what's going on. He's got like, you know, all of Fender's kind of captives. You know, he's got some people down there. They're all the people are with him, but you know, they're scared. They're like his people. The women down there are kind of, you know, you know they, you know, he's does whatever he wants with them. And uh, they're down there in that hall, and he's got his guys working. And that's when we get a first glimpse, if I remember correctly, he's at the first glimpse of older Haley. She's down in the in, down in the hull of that ship. But, uh, yeah, it is the first time we really see a grown-up Haley in any kind of detail because she's always just kind of in the background up until this point. Right. Until we get to really into the bowels of that that pirate ship and i gotta say man that pirate ship how bad that must have smelled like i, I just just even like as a set i had to smell because they were all sweaty covered in all these <laughs> like have been like everybody just the sweat the bo i mean you can't help it it's yeah probably, you know it's probably when they're filming and they're down there it's probably hot and muggier and shit and you're on that water i bet it's just, somebody like, breaks I'm, breaks wind and is like all right who's the asshole who did that yeah, you know, down there, people are coughing, you know, farting, you know, burping, you know, people just, you know, down there, it's hot, there's, you know, they're, you know, it's just all enclosed, it's gotta be, <laughs> nasty. Because isn't this where we get Pearl's flashback? Oh, this is the eye flashback where they show Pearl. Yeah, the eye they, trick is awesome. Eye trick, when they show it, and they, they, co- they go in close on their face. And they're and they're working on her left eye, and they pop it out. They they're like, "What's going on here?" And that thing pops out. And oh, that was just glorious. I just love that. I was like, "Oh man, show more of that." Of like just stuff. It was it was great. <laughs> the, you know, but I, the other note I have though, besides the eye trick being awesome, is that old uh, Strat was so full of hope. Like this this is Str- our Marshall Strat. He'll get you there and get you. I'll get you there and get you back. Safe and sound. I'm like, oh, so full of hope. You ain't gonna live long. You're a red shirt, pal. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. This is a great scene though, because now they're on another, you know, like a location, and they're like, you know, the kind of the same thing. Who knows where this, you know, this could have been related to that other one they had, and they just used the same spot. Who knows where it was, but it looks different, and it's just another like structure that just looks damaged and you know like. You know, like it was a business at some point and, you know, and it had they manufactured shit or whatever. It looks all fucked up. It's just kind of it's not as bad looking as the the other one we were just talking about. Yeah, it's a little bit uh, more solid in some spots, but it, right. it doesn't look nearly as bombed out, but it still looks pretty. I, I'm always curious when I see it, it's like if you think I wonder if this was like another section of that place and like it wasn't as bad and they used it for this shit, you know. Yeah, they know? just they just turned the camera around and like, look, here's the other half of the building. <laughs> yeah, it's it. we're gonna this is the other spot. Now so. I gotta make a make a note here. Uh there's a note I got here. There's a character that's a part of the guy the guys that's in um 
uh, Fender's group. Now, this guy, his his character name here, his act, their name is Ralph Moeller. I think that's how you pronounce his last name, or Moeller. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big guy. He's been in a thousand and one movies. He's been in multitudes of TV shows. I mostly remember him for playing Conan the Barbarian in the very short-lived Conan the Barbarian TV show that came out in the 90s. Okay, right. All right. Yeah. But uh, he, his character's name, even though he's never called by, but is in the credits, is Brick Bardo. Brick now, Bardo. Brick Bardo is a character name that Albert Pune used in a multitude of his movies. He did it in Blood Match. He did it in Doll Man. Uh, a couple others. I think it was uh, maybe even Radioactive Dreams, if I remember correctly. But Brick Bardo was a character name that he used multiple times over for different characters. It was just like it was just like a shtick that he did. And I actually uh, have used it as my online handle name when I play video games. Oh, okay. Because I've always I've always used the handle name of, of Brick Bardo when I'm playing like Red Dead Redemption or you know Fallout and things like that. What anytime I played video games, that's how much of an influence Albert Pion has had over, on me over the years. But yeah, I, just a little side note to that, like just to show how much of a I guess a, a dork and a geek I am. But yeah, that, I, had, I had to mention that. I had to mention like it. That. But hey, you know what? That's what. Some of those memories live on, man. He left a, an impression on you, and you even use one of his characters as a handle. You know, I like that. You know, that's that's that that that's cool. That's cool. That's, that, that's a cool story to know all that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a great that's, name, Rick Bardo. You know, that's it's just cool. a, it's that's just a cool. badass sounding name. It sounds like a fucking character that just like, right. you like, know, that means business. Like if somebody said to you. Look, you tell me where it is. Or I'm sending Brick Bardo over. You don't even have to know Brick Bardo. You'd be like, all right, let me tell you what's up. <laughs> don't, send, don't send Brick Bardo over. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds. It just sounds like a guy who's going to kick ass and take. Yeah, he's going to beat the shit out of you if not if not worse. But yeah. uh, all right, so this scene uh, is pretty cool. There's a lot of a lot of good fighting stuff. Oh, it's yeah. an action scene that goes on for what, 15, 20 minutes at least. And now this is, but this is cool because Fender is directly here. You know, it's not just like another group of guys. This is Fender and his guys. Yeah, so, yeah. So they're fighting. He's fighting the, you know, Fender and his crew. And yeah, this is how you shoot some motherfucking action scenes. Like, right. I, I do love the part when, again, I always say never split up. Whether it's a horror movie or an action movie, you never split up because Nady. And Gibson's split up, and as she's backing up, she backs up straight into one of the guys, and she just one of Fender's dudes, and she's just like, ah, shit. <laughs> you know, like she knows she's done been like, bad. You know, it's like, oh shit, I should have listened. And, uh, and this it's, is how you shoot a motherfucking action sequence, like just over the top, uh, you know, just knife fights, mar martial arts, those weird guns, which were actually. You know those guns that they use that the couple that uh, Gibson has and a couple of the Fenders guys has were actually or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they they were actually paintball guns that were modified. There's oh, one. There's wow. one part. Yeah, there's one part where Gibson goes to reload. The only time you ever see him reload because they don't use the guns very often. Because I get the idea that ammunition is scarce. What he's loading up into the back of the gun that they don't show in really great detail is a CO2 cartridge. So oh. it actually was a was a I think they just kind of modified them to make them look like they were you know air quotes again here like they were futuristic they look cool those are yeah. fucking badass looking guns 
Yeah, <laughs> I liked yeah, them. I liked them. Yeah, I liked them a lot. I was. I remember when they were I was like, "Oh, cool! They they look badass." That's cool to know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Big. Um, I like how they set everything up where you know he's kicking a lot of ass, and now all of a sudden he's, you know, he's kind of surrounded. He's he's outnumbered. They're all kind of walking in. Yeah, he's been shot in the shoulder. He's, been, he's been stabbed. Nady's knocked out again. Yeah, he's injured. He's really he's really fucked up here. But we get a cool thing now. We get to see that girl, Haley, kind of walking up, and she's walking up. And then that's when we see this little, is that a, I guess it's a St. Christopher, I guess, or something like that. It looks like it's a little medallion on her neck. And he notices it on her, you know, the older Haley, you know, with this, you know, this big scene now. with, And she kind of walks up next to, you know, and now he's realizing who she is because then we see the like, little thing like little flashbacks of the little girl and uh yeah 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 he sees it where, where she's, he yep. takes the the necklace off of him and, and puts it on um puts it on the little girl little Haley and now we're seeing him you know looking at it and realizing that's Haley uh and and she's older and and now she's got this necklace on and now she's standing next to to the, his arch enemy, you know. Yeah, she cozies up to him and is like, oh, great. So this girl like, became oh, like, like his little toy, like his little girl, you know, like he's, it's like, oh my God, the worst nightmare, you know, he's got this, this girl that he was trying to protect and now she's his, now he's, you know, one of Fender's, you know, chicks. It's like, it's just got to be like, oh shit, he's, you know, with him. Adding that, insult to injury, so to speak. Yeah, like I don't get anything, like, now nah, I really want to kill this motherfucker. And, uh, and, and we got we got to mention also, um, Nady is knocked out again. Yeah, Nady's laying, out again. It's a cool scene actually where Nady's knocked out, and when they the camera just kind of keeps going like forward, and you just see uh, Fender standing there like over her, like standing over her body, and you see him there, and then you know you you know this is when you know Gibbs is looking like oh shit, you know. And then that that's is also when he walks up in slow motion. It's a cool little slow motion shot where, like, it's the I mean business motherfucker walk that Gibbs is doing. And then that's when he's surrounded. So this is real bad. He's yeah. got to like go. He's in a bad way. He's in a bad way. It's like it's like okay, there's no way he's getting out of this. And no poor Nady laying there the whole time. Everybody's kind of standing around her. And then so Gibbs runs off, you know, to kind of get out of there, and they're chasing him. But he comes back around, and this is where he 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 manages to get like this. Uh, you know, he gets his gun out and he shoots like some people. And uh, so he then uh, you got Pearl there. Yeah, he tries to convince Pearl to go with them, and she breaks it down straight up and says, "You know, you're not strong enough to defeat Fender. You're right. not going to be able to get me to where I need to go. I'll stay with him, and get, when I get him to Atlanta, I'll have him killed. And she's like, "Just stay out of it." And this is like, "Well, damn." <laughs> I think like to be the ultimate insult, like you're you're not strong enough. Like this guy's holding the world up on his shoulders. Like I'm not strong enough. Like, like really, could you like insult me anymore and piss on me anymore, you bitch? You know, like I'm trying to help you. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so, I've already saved your life like twice already. Right. You know, like, what do you like, mean I'm not strong? You want to hang out with this this fucker? You know, like, what the fuck? You know, like a total betrayal. So he, of course, you know, she's an android, so <laughs> she's a cyborg. <laughs> Maybe she don't know that. That ain't cool. And that's yeah, so, right, right. So, but he picks in the middle of all that. He picks up 
you know, Nady, which is like the last thing a wounded fucker needs is to be running with, you know, this knocked out girl across his shoulders, you know, so he, you know, after he'd been, he's been called weak. Yeah. So now know, he's got a hundred plus pounds of dead weight slung across his shoulders, trying to run away from these guys, <laughs> you know, not ideal. And this is pretty cool though, because he's running and he, and then he finds like this manhole cover. It's like, so they do a cool thing. Like, it's like, hurry up. You're like, hurry up. Get that manhole cover off. God damn it. You know, it's like, he's taking, it's like, he's trying to pull it up and then dragging her. He grabs his gun. Then the clip to the guy's running, like they're getting closer. And then he's trying to pull her over, drag her into the hole with him. And you want him to get the lid over so they don't find him, you know? And it's like, come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And then you see, you know, uh, the, the, the big dude come around the corner and it's like, he, you know, he sees that the lid is off. So you're like, ah, fuck. You know, I remember like, I was mad. You're like, like, you know, get the lid on. You know, like, <laughs> right. Right. Yelling at the, <laughs> yelling at the now they're traipsing around like as if things weren't bad enough already. Now they're right. like w- walking around in an old fucking uh, post-apocalyptic sewage. You right. know? <laughs> sewage. Like, what, what is this? Where is this going to take me? But it's so, gotta be one of the coolest sequences though. You know, great. Because I like how it's like they're not now they're in a new thing. They're in the sewage thing. They're in this water. New, cool filming. They got the smoke coming up. There's like portholes where, you know, where like there's a little bit of light peering through. So there's like smoke coming through it, and and it's just more like bad, you know, areas that like, well, what are where am I at now? You know, fuck. Right, right. All the bad guys are getting to the hole. They all know where he's at. And it's just like, oh, man, you know, like you wanted him to just get in there and hide, you know, but they're all after him and they all got their fucking weapons out. And so it's it's so there's this cool shot where they got this blue light on, which I love that when they use this. And he's I love the blue filter. I know a lot of yeah. people don't like it, but I, I love the blue oh, filter. I love it. You can use it as much as you want, man. I love it, man. It's it's cool because the water's kind of shimmery and blue and they're all kind of washed in blue. And it's, it just looks gorgeous. I love it. I think it's great. So he props her up like she's kind of like still out of it. And he goes back and he's got his knife out. Now he's crawling through this like knee-high water. And there's a great scene. You don't know what he's doing. He's kind of got his arms folded and he's got the knife in his hand. He's like, all right, well, what's he doing? Like he's, like he's waiting. And yeah, Joel Brick Bardo, the big guy that Ralph Bardo's plays, is, is kind of slumming around. Right, he's coming like you know, he's coming for him. And it's like, what is he doing? Like he's got. And then he puts his head up. He's like, he's looking up, like he's getting strength from something. You know, Gibbs. He's getting his arms. He's ready. It's like, well, what is he doing? Like, okay, like I know he's getting. And then, and then you realize what he's doing. Then you get a nice shot of him where he's up above, and he's got his legs outstretched, and he's up yep. between two walls. He's got his like in a Y position. He's got his legs fully extended. He's holding himself up. Brick looks up and like, ah, he screams. And then he comes down upon him with that knife right in his head. Yeah, stabs yeah. him right in the face. But that's also like what was one of the things Van Damme was known for was doing those those wide splits like that. With like, It oh, almost God. seemed like with ease. Got him on set. Use him, man. Ah, you know what I mean? It's like, what a great kill scene, man. I was like, oh, what a great shot of him with his feet out holding his body up. God, you think, man, wow, how cool of it to be that physically fit where you could do shit like that, you know? Right, like, right. I, I can barely get up and walk to the bathroom, you know, this guy. Has- 
God Again, like it. like you said, you know, like when this when Van Damme's eighty years old, people are still going to be like asking him to either do those splits or do those jumps right. and crescent kicks, and he's just like, he's going to hit an age where he's just like, I don't want to, I don't, don't want to no. do it. Probably <laughs> right. throw my, I'm going to throw my fucking hip out. What are you kidding? Like the Toby Key song, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Like you can do <laughs> right. it. I can do it you once, know. but that's it. <laughs> so so anyway. Uh, so, the, so, so he's got Bardo, man. He got him good. They get he, they uh, Nady finally kind of wakes up and he gets her going. They get out and now they're back up on land and uh, like a like a big field, like grassy, dirty, like kind of. And it's cool too because even when they show the guys coming up in the hole, like in the background, you can see smoke, kind of like the wind is it's close to the ground and the wind's blowing it and it's like a great. It looks great. So they're running across this field and they're being chased and they're moving. I mean, they're running like fast. Oh, they're trucking. Yeah, they're trucking and and they're and you know so his assholes are running out. They're coming out of the hole looking and they're all getting it and they're they're like these crazy psycho fucks that just can't you know. There's nothing you know. There's just always going fast and running and running. You're like fuck you. Know, these guys never get lost. You know they're they're just right on him. Well, and, and they're <laughs> catching up to him quick because like Van Dam and, and like well. Uh, Gibson is wounded a couple of times. He's been beat the fuck up. He's wounded. He's been fighting these guys off forever. And Nady's been knocked out twice, so she's still pretty woozy. And so they're, you, you just know eventually what's going to happen, and it does. They catch up to him. Right. They they get him cornered, and it's uh, you know, and you think you hope they'd have enough room and got out of there, but no, nope, they're they're it's like shit. They're getting this again. There's just a lot of there's a lot of this, but it's good. I mean, it, it's a lot of cat and mouse. A lot of cat and mouse. A lot of cat and mouse, but it it, it works. You know, they're running through water, and it's just like everything that chasing is. You know, you're trying to get away, and you're fucking just. You know, these fuckers are just relentless. They they're just not gonna stop. And uh, you know, so there's a good scene in the water where Van Damme is fighting the one guy. Like, there's one of the dudes. He's got a big like stick, and he's swinging it at him. And he's this guy's pretty wild. You know what that guy's name was in the movie? Oh. Uh, I I wrote it down. The character's name. His name was Bass. Oh, is that Bass? Yeah, Bass. Bass. Another music. <laughs> another uh, another musical reference. It should have been bass. It's probably bass guitar. <laughs> yeah. Bass treble. Bass treble. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. And so, so it's a cool water scene because they do some slow motion shit. And like his stick has got a blade in it, like he does something as the blade shoots out of it, like a switchblade. And yeah, uh, got this big switchblade like stick, you know. So it's a good, it's a good weapon. And then, uh, fucking, uh, but good old Nady, she's having a good knife fight with this dude. She she actually gets his fucker and like like takes a swing at him with a knife and like cuts his hand off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a pretty good scene. That dude gets wiped out. So Nady takes care but- of him, but. But as as they're going down, they manage to punch Nady or kick Nady in the head, and what happens? She gets right. knocked out again. She's KO'd again. So that's the only reason why she lived that long. I think it was because right. she kept getting knocked out. They just thought, okay, she, she's knocked out. We don't have to worry about her. Right. And uh, but uh, we got a good some good kicks from uh, uh, from uh, Gibbs. He he knocks that fucker out, and then. Another big son of a bitch comes running in the water. And it's like shit. Just these guys are just he's never gonna get her. He gets grabbed, and this big son of a bitch. There's just too many of them. Uh, yeah, he's got this guy. This guy's this guy's big too, man. I mean, he's a he's a Hulk. 
and he's got this, and he's uh, I forget what his name. If there did he have a name, and I don't remember. Um, but uh, oh, I did. I didn't write that one that guy's name down. Uh, I can't remember. Dude, well, wait. Um, I got the. I think his name was either I forgot which. I wrote down two of the thugs' name. There was Titus, and then there was Vorg. Now, it was one of the two. I can't remember, I don't remember which one. Who he was if they even said his name, but but he's uh, but he's good. So he gets him, and then now he's got. He, you now they're all coming up on him, and he's 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 done. He's they got him. You know, he's just he's just too many hits. You know, he's just getting knocked down, and and, and you're like, ah, oh, poor Gibbs, come on, you know. And then now it's just all the guys are running up on him, and then of course. Fender shows up. Yeah, Fender. He's you know he's, he's moments behind him and he's he comes up. So this is bad. This is this is a good scene, but this is that when you talked about a crucifixion uh, scene. This is uh, this is this is this is where he gets it. Uh, there's a there's an old like a ship that has been washed up and abandoned on the beach, and so it's you know the mass is up there, and of course that's the perfect uh, cross. Yep, they and they up. fucking nail them to it. Like, they, well, yeah. it cuts to later, and like, there's a camera does a, a long, slow crane up, you know, from Fender and everybody watching. To you see Van Dam is there. He's got two arrows through his, through his arms, yeah. like pinning him, you know, to this crucifying him. It's like, well, like that's where you like in this world, the, like my suspension of disbelief only goes so deep because it's like. You know, with all the wounds he's had, he'd have been dead from infection within, like, you know, no time whatsoever. The infection alone would, you know, would get pretty much most people. But this is movies. You know, we got to go by movie logic. And and he's Gibson Rickenbacker, damn it. So, you know, it's like. He's a bad motherfucker. He's a bad motherfucker. And uh, so he's up there. And not only has he got the spears through his wrists. uh, But he's also tied up. They got ropes around it, too. So he's, you know, he's like. Okay, how's how's this? How's he gonna get out of this? But he pretty much like he's trying to before they they crucify him. He's got a pretty good fight scene with uh, Fender. Yeah, he's trying to fight him off, but he just he's trying to fight him, and he's giving him all the, his best kicks. But they're just he's so weak, and they're like you know they're not doing anything to Fender. Fender's a big motherfucker himself, and he's just he's just knocking the hell out of Gibbs. I mean, he's just you know it's just one punch after another, and he's just you know Gibbs is doing his best. So there's no there's really no hope here. Um, so, but it's a good fight. It's a pretty cool scene. This is one a really good one on one from the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Had a cool scene where they're all kind of standing there looking up at him, and then you got Haley standing there. And she's taking a little too long to run back. So, like, you know, it's like she knows what's up. She knows who he is. And she runs past uh, Fender. And, you know, so Fender kind of like, 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 what's going on here? You know? Yeah. Like, he even says something. He's like, what's with you? Yeah, hey, what's with you? Or something like that. Yeah, it's one of those. That like, So now we got this pretty cool, torturous, long scene where, you know, it's getting dark and dude's just up on his cross and there's no hope you know like oh what it kind of reminds me when like they nailed conan to the tree of woe in right. conan the barbarian is this like there's no hope unless somebody comes along and helps him right but this is a good time now for you know he's stuck he's up on this thing he's gonna die but the flashbacks are coming back hot and heavy here you know it's got it tells a lot of what's going on um 
Well, this is probably the most complete flashback. Yeah, the most, like, coherent, where you finally get, like, the whole fucking thing, you know, it's like, you know, like, uh, how they, you know, infiltrated the the farmhouse and how they, you know, they get the whole thing where it's like, where Fender says, you know, hey, if you can hold hold them up, you know, they'll live. If you don't, they'll die. And then you get the whole idea of, although it's been heavily implied and shown throughout the rest of the movie, this is where it's like, it's not shown in those quick little snippets, it's one full flashback. And Van Damme's kind of using that to get, uh, I always say, <laughs> he's kind of like Hulk Hogan in, in a moment. He's getting hulked up, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. And he well, tried, it's, a good time. it's a good spot for it because this is the thing where it's like. you got to reach down deep to pull himself out of it. We're getting information as the audience, but it's it's that moment where it's like, it's the do or die thing. Like, I'm going to get off this fucking thing and I'm going to kill that motherfucker if it's the last fucking thing I do. You know, that's in his head. Mm-hmm. We're seeing all this shit. And it gives him it gives him the spark to, like, <laughs> basically he starts kicking the mast. And uh, isn't this where he starts to, like, it's it's it kind of, like, it's him, like, doing the, you know, and then, uh, yeah. oh, that hurt. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got to not do that. I'm not Van Damme. But he's kicking them the mast over and over again, and he just and he kind of uses that last feet of strength to give it one last kick. It breaks the mast. Now, this is where I say he's lucky because he le- he landed sideways and then fell on his back. Right. But if he had landed face down, he'd have just suffocated in in the sand. <laughs> right. Yeah, he'd have been fucked. So. But, but like, it's a great scene because the, the shots are great of him, you know, the sky in the background, and they're just kind of, and he's screaming at the sky, and he's like bloody, and it's a great, it's a great bunch of shots. You know, it goes in between, you know, the, it really sells the whole thing, like just the, the rage inside him. You see the stuff going on with the kids, you see the little girl, you see what's going on, and what a piece of shit. You know, fucking, if, if you didn't already know already what a piece of shit Fender is, and and then it's just, you know, it's just, you know, just evil. And yeah, and, if you didn't know then, you definitely know now. It, yeah, it's just like, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's just a great scene. You're just, when you're just pulling for Gibbs, like, come on, man, get out of that fucker. And they, and they don't, and they, it, it takes them a while. Like, you just keep going back and forth. It's quite a bit where, you know, they just keep going. And then you see, you know, the shot of like where she let go, obviously. And then the, they went down into the well. And it's just like, you know, and then he didn't just like break it. He sits there for a while. Like it doesn't, you know, even then it's, you know, it's, it seems like all hope is lost, but then he, like he's not going to get out of this at all. And then finally he gets down and then he's still fucked. He's laying there. Well, yeah, because he, he broke the mass. Now, now he's free, you know, not free, but you know, he's not up on the mass, but the mass is now just laying on the ground. He's still state, you right. know, with the arrows to it. And he's just like, you know, I'm like, what the fuck is gonna like? He's lucky he didn't, you know, land now face he's, down. He's just gonna bake in the sun and die, you know, like he's right, gonna, right. Like now he's just gonna cook, and then uh, and then. But uh, then uh, but Haley, Haley shows up, or not Haley, but Nady shows up. Nady shows up, uh, Nady to the rescue. She's got her big gold blade on her. And she whacks the. the oh, it's it's nice because it's backlit and it looks very ominous. You just see her as a silhouette against the sun. I love how she says that. I told you you were going to need my help. Right. Uh, it's great. It's, it's perfect. It's like the perfect, you know, a hero. 
saving the other hero, you know, like, you know, like she, it's a great scene. And, and really and, like getting knocked out was probably the best thing that could have happened at that point for her because she was having the one-on-one fight with the other, you know, pirate. Right. So that, that one, you know, in their dying moment, you know, knocked her out. So they probably thought like, Oh, she's laying, you know, down in this puddle. She must be dead. So they just left. Her. Yeah, right. right. It, it, so she like by, by getting knocked out all the time, you know, she was no longer a threat, you know, and then, and then there's a cool shot. I remember there's another cool shot of the mat, whether they get to Atlanta and, and there's the lightning that's in the oh, sky. Oh, and the lightning in the sky. Like that, that that's shot so must have been so beautiful. expensive to pull off. So beautiful, man. That was like, oh, man, that just, oh, I love that shot. But our man's back and they show, you know, Fender and his crew walking. They pass by an old sign that says Atlanta, so many miles. Yeah, Atlanta city limits, something or other. Yeah, that's it. So they get so now they're in Atlanta. So we're 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 fate. We're getting ready for that epic. You know, like we're we're all meeting up in Atlanta here. And one thing I I I got to ask is though, it's all raining. You know, it's it's raining. One wouldn't that be acid rain? You would think with this post-apocalyptic landscape, you would think. But it's not. We can live past. I I can look past that. But they're waiting for Fender. I mean, Gibbs and uh, Nady are waiting for Fender there. How did they get ahead of them? I don't know. That 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 was kind of like I don't know because he because he looks really healthy. Like it's like and he, he looks healed up. It looks like days like have passed. And like he's looking good. You know, he's he's back in shape. He's got his strength back. He's you know he doesn't look like he's ten seconds to death. You know. Yeah, he, he's he, he's John Clon Van fucking damn man. You know, he's got super healing. Boy's back, man. He's he's ready to go. Yeah, but yeah, he's there. So I don't know. I I don't know really how that happened. But, but, <laughs> I don't but they're either. There. They're there nonetheless. But this is really good. Uh, again, with the blue lighting, I love. It's nighttime. Uh, lots of they got the fire in the background. They got shit going on in the blue in the background. It's it looks beautiful. I, I love I love the way this looks. Um, it's it's gorgeous. It just looks beautiful. I love it. Kind of goes back and forth. You see the orange glow behind uh, Gibbs. You see, you know, fucking like Fender standing there like, oh, fuck. You know, like it's almost like, he, you know, he's still alive. And he's got, you know, his arrow. He shoots like a warning shot. And it's like, so everybody's like arming up. He throws his, his, his bow down. And he's standing there, and everybody else is pulling their knives out, and their spears out, and everything else. He sticks his yeah, and he, he Gibbs sticks Pulled the back. knife between his teeth, that you know, yeah. which, which is like badass to look at on film, but highly impractical. Is like why why would you ever do that? They would just like it's almost it, piratey though. Like yeah, like, the pirate like, he's got the knife between his teeth, and he's just gonna you know, you know, he's just gonna get in and handle it. So it, it's it's cool. It's a great. It's a great shot. The hero's back. He's in. He's in great shape. He's not all fucked up. And uh, so now, you know, he's got to fight everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hero against all. You know, another fight. But now he's fighting everybody. Like, is this all kinds of motherfuckers there? And uh, he's there. He's he's doing his kicks, his kick moves, his spins. He's the one guy. Him. The one guy he fights. I love when he gets up to him. He goes. I kill slingers, and it's like, oh, do you now? Because he's All right, right. dead in like five seconds. Right, right. Oh, okay. Well, you're gonna get killed. <laughs> I kill motherfuckers that kill slingers. <laughs> you kill slingers? Well, I kill people that kill slingers. How do you like them apples? Right, I'm slinger killer, slinger a killer. <laughs> so, so good fight scenes. You know, like it's just lots of 
lots of you know just lots of good battle scenes. I mean, again, it's not really talking about it. You got to see it. You just got to watch this scene. It's, it's just it's martial arts. It's knife fights. There's even a guy that gets caught on fire, lands on a car, and then the car explodes upon yeah, impact. That, yeah, I was, was going to say thank you. There's lots of fucking great shit in there, like, like good core. Okay, have them come out on fire and it lands on the car, and then the car blows up. It's like everything you want. You yeah, know, it's fire, you know, explosions, it's knives, it's, like, it's martial arts. I, I do like when you see, there's a scene that's cool. You see some boots, and you see, like, Fender drops his chain mail, and then like, now he's got his shirt off. And, and that so dude is ripped. Dude, like, so it's Vincent Clint is fucking. He looks. Fucking, <laughs> these guys are like just like exactly what you see in a movie like this. Two badass motherfuckers that are like totally in physical condition, just like two two fucking slayers, dude. Just yeah, like, two <laughs> imposing uh, physical specimens. Right. I'd say. So, uh, he's standing there looking at him. He's looking at him. The, uh, the standoff that they have in the rain where they're just staring at each other for a while. For... It's a while, too. They, they, they say, you know, they, the shots get a little closer, a little closer. Now they're up on the face. He's looking at him. Finally, fucking, he takes his glasses off. And you see his, his wicked eyes. And so here we are again, another killer fight scene. Yeah, there's a lot know. of grunting, a lot of yelling from Fender, and uh, a lot of sassing the shit out of stuff. A lot of, ah! <laughs> a lot of, you know, like a lot, you and know, a lot of them yelling each other's names back and forth because Van Dam keeps yelling, Thunder. Uh, <laughs> he right, keeps right. yelling back, Fucker. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but it's good. <coughs> as you can tell, both of us, as you can tell, folks at home, both of us are in sad shape. We're in sad right, shape. We're in sad shape vocally, and uh, yeah, you start to like when I do those. When I do my voice, I'm like, oh, I'm like, like, oh, the, here come the. Here come the phlegm factory. You know, yeah. But uh, anyway, forgive us, folks. But uh, we're getting. We're into trying. It. We're getting, trying here. I'm. I'm getting. I'm sitting here talking about this scene. I'm getting all like sweaty, like like moving my arms around. But I probably look like like what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they they go at it for a while, and there's a lot of fighting in the in the rain, and then they they literally for about five straight minutes. Just, I might be slightly exaggerating here, but they just trading punches back it's and big, forth. It's, it's a big scene. It's a big fight scene. I mean, you know, and it's slow because it's like he gets like thrown into a Gibbs gets like thrown into a car, and it's like yeah, thrown through the then, windshield. Yeah. Then like, like Fender's walking around the car. And he grabs uh, Haley and he like, like threatening or almost like, and then he puts a big kiss on her. It's like she's like turning her head, like you know. And, uh, then he, and then he, and then like Van Damme throws a kick through the window, a broken out window, and kicks him in the lower back. So it's like he's holding his knife. So it's like a, it's like a slow scene. And then unfortunately, our girl, uh, 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 Nadies, uh, Nady, thank you. She she gets stabbed, and now it's like, and he sees it through the he uh, Gibbs sees it through the glass, like no, you know. She's yeah, that show. the typical action guy hero. No. <laughs> yeah, we gotta quit. We gotta quit. quit we got match and uh, so uh, they, uh, so yeah, so she, now she's down. And she falls over and she's bleeding. And so it's like, oh man, they got her. Like, ah, yeah, shit. She's done. Nope. She's done for. I was hoping she would have got through this. Well, not giving it away, but you know, this is this is a this isn't good for Nady. 
No, so, no. So anyway, they're still going at it. And I mean, this is a great fight scene. I mean, they're just, this would have been fun to watch. Uh, you know, like, you know, they're like just obviously going through all these things. This must have took a while to film all this. Oh, the choreography and, had to be yeah, a nightmare. Uh, I mean, because they're going for it. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, you know, they're, they're still in the water and now, you know, and they're spinning each other around and getting knocked down and back up and kicking. And it's just, it's a great, it's great. Anybody that likes fight scenes. Yeah. It is, like, it's one of the best final fights in a long yeah, time. This is, fun. this is good. So, <clears throat> of course, Fender's got a knife that he reaches behind his back. He pulls out another knife. And, uh, but this is a good scene where, uh, uh, he slashes like at uh, Gibbs. Gibbs gets a hold of his arm, gets the knife out of his hand, and then he uh, then he gets finally gets uh, Fender in the chest. Like, yeah, right, know, right in the middle of the chest, like right, right just like like in your sternum, like right through the sternum. It looks like yeah, like it, it either would have pierced his heart or at least a lung. Right. I mean, it's like either way, this was not you know nobody would survive this stab with that knife. Yeah, because my first my first note was like knife straight to the heart. That'll do it. But wait, there's oh, wait. more. Or yeah, right, exactly. But it's cool because they got you get stabbed, and they show a quick they show in quick edits of like lightning coming down, more blue. You know, it's, you know, he's like still struggling with the stab wound. More lightning. It's it's a really good scene. So finally, Fender falls back in the water, and you think, okay, this got to be it. He's like kind of half laying in water, and his chest has been punctured with a huge knife through the sternum and it's, yeah, and it's and it's squirting out blood so like it yeah, definitely it, hit there's, there's no something way you're, <laughs> no way you're gonna live through this right it's, he's dead right and so oh yeah hugs, so we get the hug scene with the realization they know who they are and that's uh of course Haley and gibbs and you know it's kind of like you know like they've now they finally realize now they're safe everything's cool the bad guy's dead and then all of a sudden, da, 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 behind him, Fender. There's Fender again, fucking ready to wreck back. shit. So back to the fights, more fighting. And they're in this room now. They manage to they're in this room with a bunch of chains on the wall. And you don't really see <laughs> it. something on the wall that's very reminiscent of, reminiscent of, a, of a movie we like. <laughs> oh, would that, would that be like the note that I had here? That a, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre hooked to the back should do the trick? Ah, yes. Uh, that, <laughs> must, that must be in your notes, because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> he finally kicks him, and you, you see the hook, and you're like, oh, there we go. That's our... That's yeah, there's our, a reason that, why we're friends. You know that, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> On the same wavelength. So he's got that... Uh, so that hook, he gets him, man, and then it's a great shot. He, oh, of course, Fender's now, and he's on that hook. And, the, the, and it's a great shot, because once they pull back from that, you'll see that he's not... He's he's actually off the ground like about half a foot, no more than that. He's probably he's, he's a couple like, feet. Like he must have yeah. he like shot up in the air and then landed on this hook. It's a great thing. So he's he's off the ground, kind of reminiscence of the shot from Halloween when Michael Myers sticks the knife into the kid and he's in the hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's kind of standing there and he's looking at him and he's you know he's got his, his feet are off the ground and then the you know and so. So that's a good shot. So finally, finally, I can report that Fender did pass away uh, on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre hook. And uh, yeah. so now now we're back to, okay, the movie's, you know, like, oh, okay, finally the bad guy's dead. And it's the, you know, everybody's kind of the good people that did survive are kind of coming out. Unfortunately, uh, 
our poor Nady is she's laying on the car on the hood of the car and they're all kind of standing around her and she, yeah and morning yeah morning she's gone she is dead for real there's no like she wakes up and oh oh she's still alive she, no she, no she's dead d e a d dead she's dead she's she's dead d e d so she's so she's there and that's that's sad i i wish she would have lived i i liked her a lot but i guess that's part of the the movies you got to lose people but he yeah. did get no he's got you know haley's uh, haley's been freed and and it's and he see finds her which is cool and then uh, of course um pearl is there the cyborg which you know that has to continue Got to continue the end of that and get her, but where she needs to go. And uh, yeah, that, and he does actually. He makes good on his promise. He, you know, he get he gets her to you know the the scientists in Atlanta. You know, and the scientists they see we we see the scientists that we saw earlier um, in the uh, that he was working on her, um, and uh, so we 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 recognize him. That's the so that's a that's one of the scientists. And then uh, basically a door closes. She's back into uh, I don't know whether oh she says a line that's really cool. She says I, I I'm sure you wrote it down. You had to have. I, yeah, I, well she she tries to convince well first she tries to convince Gibbs uh, to stay, correct. you know, stay with us here, and he's like, nah, you know, I can't remember what he says, but she says to the scientist, I really I feel like he's the real cure to this world. Right, and that was a great great closer. Because it's like, yeah, that's it, man. Like a fucking a, a noble, good guy. This, this, you know, we could get this. We could read into it all we want, but what a great way to say it. Like we, we need more people like with that. You know, the, you know, the, you know, he, you know, people like of that, of that, you know, standing, you know, in the world. And that was a great way of. That was a great line to close. Yeah, you know? it's just saying, you know, the the world could use a a, a hero, <laughs> you know, so to speak. He's the guy that we need people like that, you know, somebody like that. That's the, that's the cure, you know? And, uh, that was, that was a great way to end the movie. And yeah. And it just goes with them going into the, the, the lab and the door closes behind them. And that, that's, the the that's it. Credit, roll credits. And that's the movie. Now there would be two sequels to this movie. The, none of which had Van Damme. None of which, which really even continue the the storyline of this movie. It's just all about cyborgs. There is a little bit of a, a flashback where they show Pearl and they show Van Damme's character, you know, in part two. But it's just really, it's all about just different cyborgs and different, yeah, just an excuse to carry on the name. But I think this the second one had Jack Palance and Angelina Jolie in it. The third one had Zach Galligan from uh, from uh, the Gremlins movies and Malcolm McDowell in it, you know. But uh, both really good. I mean, they're a lot more B movie ish in a lot more lower lower budget. But when I said, you know, it, it's a good trilogy of uh, unrelated movies. You know, they're they're only related by name alone. I think, right. but right. but they're still both pretty good. I recently acquired. The third one, Cyborg 3, the recycler on Japanese Laserdisc, which was the only way I could find it because oh, the, the VHS cool. costs about $175, and I'm not going to pay that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have that those kind of bones in my wallet, right, man. Right, right. That's a couple of bucks. 
Yeah. If I had that, I'd pay a medical bill too, you know. But, exactly. But yeah, that being said, that is the end of our movie and the end of uh, our the tale of old Gibson Rickenbacker. And we don't really learn much more about Pearl or anything else. I do know that Albert Pion had a prequel in mind that was mostly shot, but it was un- incomplete as of the time of his death. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. Hopefully somebody can pick it up. And I think it was called Cyborg Nemesis, but it had oh. a couple alternate titles that, you know, so hopefully one day that it'll, you know, it'll... You know, like I said, hopefully one day it'll get you know released. But you know, who who knows? That's that's just kind of sad that he wasn't able to finish it. Right. But yeah. anyways, anyways, we'll get into our final thoughts and ratings on this some bitch. Uh, you know how we do things around here is no different than any other show. Um, final thoughts and rating on a scale from one to ten, sir. I thought this movie. <clears throat> I, I really enjoyed watching this movie. I think it delivered on pretty much all fronts i mean it gave us you know you could sit like we always say and i always say like you can sit and pick these things to pieces and you know what it was a good movie it was a cool story cool characters great villains great heroes great action great scenery great shots it was a cool movie it was really fun to watch i had really enjoyed it um i think uh you know obviously my only thing, and it's not really even a thing. I just would have loved to have seen more of the cyborg stuff just because it looks so cool. But, eh, okay, you know, whatever reason they had, it, it was not in there. But what it did show of it was fantastic, and it looked great. I think uh, <clears throat> I really my hat's off to people. You know, you look, you know, you look at a movie of that, of that grandeur, you know, that bigness, that epic, you know, that apocalyptic stuff, the stuff going on there. And to do it on such a low budget for real and have it shot on film, I mean, it really goes to say that it's something to the people that were involved in it, you know, Albert, of course, but, you know, just everybody just all the, but to be in charge of, of, of something of that magnitude and not have all this money at your, you know, you know, like just tons of money, you really had to make, you know, that every dollar count and to be able to pull that, make a movie look that huge. It's just, it's just mind blowing. I just like, man, what a fucking undertaking this was, you know. And uh, and uh, good for them, man. And good for Albert Pune, man. You know, God bless you, sir. You did. A, that was, you, you know, that was that was a great movie. And I mean, I, it was really cool. I had a lot. I had a lot of fun watching it. You delivered on what you needed to do. You entertained me, and you gave us a good. You gave us a good movie. So I, I'm going to give it a nine point five. Ooh. And, uh, and exactly my rating, sir. Ah, we got it. All yeah, right, it's we, one of the first times that we actually so. match. Uh, you know, I think that's a fair rating. You know, and uh, and I think it just it left me wanting more. That's the really uh, uh, to sum up my summary of it. It just left me wanting more. Like it, it, it's a movie. You know, most of the times I look at movies and I say that could have been shortened by ten or twenty minutes. Right. But this movie made me want ten or twenty minutes more. I could have went for some more. I could have went for some more inside the thing where the cyborg was and a little bit more of that. I know I, I keep bringing up the cyborg, but uh, I, you know, I, 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 I dug everybody in the movie. I thought they were all great. It was, it was fun to watch. It was a good story, good back, but good backstory that made you really hate the villain. Great villain. I mean, he was that he, he was fantastic. Yeah. Very memorable villain. 
And uh, I, I really enjoyed that. A great hero, you know, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme, man, he was great. And uh, all the other side players, they, they all made a great movie. You know, and for a movie that was shot on a half million dollar budget, it made like eleven million dollars. Yeah, and it was like shit. It made a shit ton of money. You know, and then you think of movie prices back then too. Yeah, you, know, you just for inflation. I don't know what. Yeah, you know, I mean, what tickets back then were, weren't even what they are now, and it's like you know, you think well, what it would have made. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like they did a great job with what they had to work with, and they made it work. And I just love the sets. I love the way it looked. I just, you know, the shots were killer. I, it's just a, it's just a great quote unquote low budget movie. I mean, you know, it's just that it, it's really, it really packed a punch and it was in it entertained the hell out of me. I mean, I'll and, definitely. And to think you sat on it for 33 years or 34 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, it, it was great. It was a cool movie. I really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it and like me, uh, you know, watch it. If, if everything we told you about this thing, you like this kind of movies, you really enjoy it. I'll definitely watch this again, and uh, I'll definitely buy a copy because I like having uh, physical copies of stuff. And uh, I, I will definitely. Uh, I, it, it's definitely... pretty readily available. Um, I mean, I have a copy of it. <laughs> Just going to tell you how much a fan I am. I have the director's cut that I got from Pune himself. I have the standard slipcase uh, DVD. I have it on Laserdisc, and. If you need to see it, it's it's available on Prime. It's available on Tubi. Right. I'm sure it's available at other you know uh, venues and streaming platforms. But you can get it. You know, if you have a Prime account, you can get it through Prime. Um, Tubi is free. And like, I'm a big big advocate of Tubi. They got so much good stuff right. on there. And, but even and on the, Prime, there's no rental fee or anything. It's free. It is free. Yeah. Actually, it's free. Yeah. No additional. Yeah. No additional charges. Right. And uh, it's readily available on it. And so if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, see it. You should see it. You, you know, it, 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 you, you know, if you're into this kind of stuff, you'd be you'll be into this because it, it gives you it, it checks all the boxes, man. They give you it's a it's a it packs a punch. It's a good movie. Yeah, like, it's a uh, top tier Van Damme and top tier Pune as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great movie. I'm glad you suggested it. I had a great time watching it and I had a great time doing the show today. It's a, I mean, I always do, but. But and I always say that too. But, yeah. but it's like, but it's real. I mean, like I just, I just had such a ball talking about it, and uh, and I'm glad we were able to do a little something in his memory, uh, for what a you know, what a, what a, what you know, what he you know just was able to do with 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 hardly you know with the, without all that you know the money it would take to make a movie like that. I'm still just blown away by it. But he did it. He's done it more than once. He's made a bunch of movies. And uh, he's 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 a hell of a director, and I you know I, I feel bad that what happens it does it is sad uh, when when the health issues that you know you know we we both know that on our own levels. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We do, we do. And uh, but and, he was uh, a a very generous and kind man. Like I said, I met him once at um, a convention in Kentucky. I forget the name of the show that it was because I've been to so many shows. But I met him and had a nice little talk with him. You know. Had him sign a couple of things and had a little discussion with him. I had just released Postmortem America 2021 at the time. And I told him how influential he was to me and that he was one of my favorite filmmakers. And so when he, when I got in to take a picture with him, and I'll never forget this, he put his arm around me, gave me a hug, patted me on the shoulder. He's like, he's like, all right, from filmmaker to filmmaker, here we go. And I was just like, oh, oh. You, you know, the only other, you know, I've met. Oh. 
people. I've met several people, you know, over the years that were very influential to me, and he was one of the coolest ones. And I was really saddened when he when he passed on. Him and his his wife Cynthia, both really great people. I I loved both of them to death. I I I think they're great people. Cynthia's a sweetheart. And they sent me, like I said, sent me when I had my first open heart and I was in deep, deep recovery and doing really, really bad. I had seen them posting about a couple of the director's cuts that they had available. So I offered, you know, I'm like, hey, I, I want to buy one of them from you. So I bought like one or two movies. They sent me like eight. They sent me like copies of Ticker, uh, you know, oh. Captain America, Nemesis and all these different director's cuts and special editions they had and sent me like, you know, I bought two movies. I only paid for like two. They sent me like eight of them. It was a nice little care package, even had little handwritten notes to from both oh, of them. Yeah, how cool. Yeah, very cool people, very, very stand up people. I, I appreciated the, their kindness when I was at they were, you know, they were very kind to me at a point when I was at a very low point. Right. Right. You know, so his death, you know, kind of hit me pretty hard last year. But I bet. But, you know, he's got a great filmography, you know, a lot of a lot of highs, a lot of lows. He's got some great movies, got some bad ones. You know, we all got projects, you know, that 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 ebbs and flows. Right. But like, I, I, I'll say one thing. His movies are always fun. You know, and he kind of hit a hit a point in his career where he had he was like the rest of us. He, you know, went outside the studio system. And he just started funding everything, even outside the independent studio system, and started funding his movies the same way we do, money out of his own pocket and through crowdfunding. And he still continued making movies up until the day, you know, he he passed on. You know, I mean, he uh, was pretty much, you know, trying to make movies or trying to film stuff every day until he passed. And I, you know, bless you, sir. We're, we're, you're going to be missed. You're really, really going to be missed. Absolutely. But that being said, we'll try not to end on too sad of a note. But, but I'm getting a little sentimental here, <laughs> you know. But I just, uh, I, I, you know what? I'm. Thank you for sharing those stories because you know you don't, you know, I like I, I, you know, I'd heard of him and all that. But I mean, you got some real personal stuff, and he, he sounded like a sweet, sweet man. He, he and his wife, and really good people. And it's, it's nice to share that story, not just with me, but for the listeners of the show. They can yeah. hear that. What a, what a, yeah. what a, what a great spirit. Uh, you know, to be able to do that. And that just even the thing about, you know, one filmmaker to another. What a, what a nice thing to say. This I'll never forget that. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. It was just like, it was one of those moments. I looked shocked in the picture. I'll see if I can uh, find it because it was... Uh... It was a long time ago that I had, but yeah, I, I looked shocked in the picture because he said it right before they snapped the picture. And I was just like, huh? Did, wow. did one of my favorite filmmakers just refer to me as a filmmaker? I guess that makes it official now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, like, that's beautiful. I got a lot to live up to now. Damn shit, man! Thanks for all the pressure. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Albert. No, no, but, but yeah, not, yeah, great man. And you know, I wanted to do an Albert Pune month. Uh, you know, got about a year, or year and a half ago, but got caught up. You know, there's only so many movies. You, you know, so much time you got to review these movies. But I felt like when he passed on, it was just like, well, you know, I wish I could have done this before he had passed away, but. You know, I guess better late than never to commemorate his his career. He he had a, he was a journeyman filmmaker, man. Fifty six directing credits between you know TV, film, music videos. That's pretty pretty prolific. That that is that's strong, man. And that's that's. that's just, I'm glad that you were able to get this together, and I'm looking forward to hearing the other ones too as well. And uh, yeah, I'm recording uh, four shows in the next five days. 
<laughs> so we're, well, yeah. we're hot on it. All right. That's yeah, good. yeah. I like the world. I like this misery. Uh, anyway, well, we'll end up on a good note here. Uh, I I want to uh, thank you, Tom, for taking a couple hours out of your Sunday. I know it's uh, kind of difficult sometimes for us to get these things scheduled, but I appreciate you and appreciate your, your time. And I'm just happy that you enjoyed the movie as much as I did. And uh, this is one of the first times, I think it might be the first time we had a rating that matched. I think, I, I don't I think, know. I'd I have to think about it. I think this is. If not, it's then it's only it would only be the second one. If it's not the first, it'd be only the second. I know we were we're well, usually I think, close, but not. Uh, but you know, sometimes we're not. But I, I don't think I don't know if we've ever matched before. And that's, that's I think cool. the only other one we matched is when we did Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. We both gave it a ten, and then amended our ratings to go to the Spinal Tap scale and gave it an eleven out of ten. I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. It might have been. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Well, with that being said, appreciate you, man, uh, taking your time out of do- for, for doing the show. It's, al- it's always fun time, sir. Thank you, sir. It's my, always, always a pleasure, and I love you, man, and a great show, and, and uh, thank you very much. Oh, thank you, sir. Love you, brother. But, folks listening at home, you have been listening to the first episode of the Albert Pune Appreciation Month, where we have been reviewing and doing a deep-dive dissection on 1989 Cyborg. As always, thank you very much for listening.